Hello everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today. And uh, hey, we're entering into the Christmas season and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to spending it with my, with my wife and my family. And uh, I, I trust you'll be able to uh, to spend it with your loved ones. And, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's the greatest time of the year, the time that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, uh, uh, you know, and I know that, you know, in the, in the society in which we live, you know, there, you can get involved with a lot of the, the commercialism of Christmas, but always remember that, you know, and like the saying goes, Jesus is the reason for the season. So let's, let's always remember that. Let's always keep him first in everything we do. But I hope you, you have a real good Christmas season this year and that everything goes well for you and yours. Hey, let's get right into the word of God. I want to talk to you today about perhaps the most famous verse in all of the Bible and what it really means. You know, it's the one verse that has probably put more people in heaven over the last 2,000 years than any other verse in the Bible. But but a misunderstanding of this verse carries dire consequences. And, and this verse that I'm talking about, again, the most famous verse, I think, in all of the Bible, it's John 3.16. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so famous that, you know, if you ever watch sporting events, you know, on television, you'll see people up in the stands and, and they'll have John 316 on their shirts, you know, or they'll hold signs, you know, that says John 316. And, and that, and that's wonderful. And I, I realize that, you know, a, a lot of people can even quote that verse. It's, again, it's, it's perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible, uh, but what I want to do today is I want to look at what does John 3.16 really mean. So let's look at it in our Bible. So open your Bibles to John 3.16. Now, even if you can quote it, I still want you to open your Bible and I want you to look at it in your Bible and, if it, you know, on your phone or however, however you look up scriptures. Uh, let's look at John 3.16 and I'm going to read it here and it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So I just want to, like I said, take this whole message today and let's look at this verse and see what it really means. So let's just go through it here. For God, well, right there, you have the existence of God. God exists. He he is real. And you know, in the Bible, God never takes the, the time to prove that he exists. He exists. And, you know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. So there is a God, and this most famous verse starts out with, for God. So we know that God is real. He absolutely is. He exists. And it, then it says, for God so loved. God is, a, he, he, the Bible says God is love. And, and, and he has unconditional love for every person that's ever lived upon the earth. And so he so loved the world, okay? That, that means everybody, okay? Everybody that's ever lived on planet Earth. He so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. And, and he, it just pleases him to give. He, he is a giver. And notice, the Bible says he gave his only begotten son. Now that's Jesus. And, uh, and that's the greatest gift that could ever be given. God gave, he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that's Jesus. And, you know, of course, when we think about his only begotten son, 
you know, and God giving his only begotten son, we, of course, think of Christmas time. And Jesus is the, I mean, he is the Christmas gift, isn't he? The greatest of all. And God gave his only begotten son. And we think, of course, uh, you know, as God giving his son, and we think of the virgin birth, and, we, and, and this brings Christmas to mind. And, of course, as I said a moment ago, we're in the Christmas season. And all that's good and right. But this verse actually is not in the setting as it's given in the Bible here. It's not giving, given in the setting of his, of his birth. But actually this verse, John 3.16, is given in the setting of his death. And so with that being said, now hold your place right there on John 3.16. But let's go back up to verse 1 just to get a little bit better setting here of this verse because we're, we're just looking at this verse today, what it really means. Notice uh, in John chapter 3, up in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, or our teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom of God. Now here Jesus talks about what is called the new birth. He says one must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Or we could say it this way, in order to go to heaven when they, when they die. One must be born again. Now there's other things that we could say about that, but I'm looking at this verse here today in relation to the heaven-hell issue, which is the most important issue of all. And so one must be born again in order to make heaven. And, uh, and Jesus here is talking about the new birth and it's in the setting of John 3.16. And then Nicodemus in verse 4 said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, you know, it's an interesting thing here, but Nicodemus is thinking about the new birth that Jesus just talked about in, in natural terms, uh, you know, going back into his mother's womb and being born a second time. But you must realize the new birth is not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's something that happens to your spirit man, the real you who lives on the inside of that physical body. And so Jesus said to him, you must be born again. And then in order to see the kingdom of God or in order to, or in order to make heaven one day, you see. And, uh, and then Jesus goes on to share some other things with Nicodemus. But for the sake of time, let's uh, drop down to verse 14. And now notice Jesus, and he's the one actually who spoke John 3.16. The Lord and Savior himself, he's the one who spoke John 3.16. But notice here in verse 14, he said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, of course, he's referring to when uh, when the people in the Old Testament were complaining uh, you know, about Moses and his leadership and some other things, and they didn't have the, 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 the necessities of life that they needed there in the wilderness, and they were crabbing and complaining, and, and so fiery, poisonous serpents were released into the camp, you know, and came in there and, and began to bite the people, and the people were dying, and so God gave Moses uh, a solution. He said, take a, take a, uh, some bronze and f- fashion it in the, into the shape of a serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up on a pole. And, and whoever, whoever looks upon that, and it wasn't just a passing glance, but it was, it was a gaze. It was, a, it was, it was to focus your complete and total attention on that, on that brass or, 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 or bronze serpent. Whoever had been bitten by 
a, a, a poisonous snake, when Moses lifted up that serpent, anyone who focused on that, put their full attention on it, notice a full, not just a passing glance, but put their full attention on that serpent, they would be healed and that poison, poison would, would not affect them and they wouldn't die. They, they, they would be healed of that snake bite, you see. And so Jesus is referring back to that, and he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now watch this. So, so he's talking about being lifted up on the cross here. See, John 3.16 is not making reference so much to his birth. I mean, yes, his virgin birth is there. He's the only begotten Son of God. But it's, it's actually John 3.16 is having to do more with his death and being lifted up on the cross. And then he says in verse 15 that whosoever believes in him. So he says that the son of man be, must be lifted up on the cross is, is the implication that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, underline that word believes because we're going to center in on that here in just a moment. And then he gives the most famous verse. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we'll come back to the believes here in just a moment, because that's really the, the main emphasis of what I want to talk about today. But notice, whoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, what does that mean, should not perish? Well, it means this. It means that when you die... You won't go to hell for eternity. Now, now, friends, listen, the Bible is clear. There really is a hell. There really, really is. Somebody might say, well, I don't believe that, that I, I might, uh, they may say, I don't believe there's a hell. Well, just because you don't believe there's one doesn't mean that there isn't one. I mean, I mean, there, the Bible says there's a hell and, uh, and, 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 and I believe it's there. I really, really do. It's a place of torment. It's a place of, of fire. It's a place of darkness. It, it, and it's eternal. And, uh, and that's why Jesus came and died on the cross so that nobody would have to go to hell. And, and that's when it says, if they'll believe on him. But notice he says that, that if one would believe on him, they would not perish. What, what does that mean? Where everybody can understand it. It means this, that anyone that believes on Jesus, won't go to hell. Now, isn't that good news? <laughs> That's good news. But we'll have everlasting life. What does that mean? That means that you'll live with God for eternity. That means that when you die, you'll go to heaven and be with the Lord. That's what that means, okay? In sim the simplest way I can put it, all right? But what's, what, what is this whole verse, John 3, 16, what does it hinge on? It, hinge, it hinges on the word believe. It hinges on the word believe, that whosoever believes in him should not perish or go to hell, but have eternal life. That means go to heaven. But it all hinges on the word believe. Now, what you must realize, and this, and this is where I really want to drill down now, this word believe, because, because everything hinges on this word right here. Where you spend eternity hinges on this word believe. And, uh, and, and here, listen, I said at the opening of this message that a misunderstanding of this verse has dire consequences. And it really does. Uh, you know, you know, if this verse, John 3.16 is understood properly and one believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
it'll put them in heaven one day. Absolutely. But to misunderstand this verse has dire consequences, that, that being of an eternity in hell, and it all hinges on the word believe. Now, that word believe does not mean, does not, now please get this, does not mean mental assent. It does not mean mental assent. It does not mean mental assent. Okay, when you, when you really study into that word, you, hey, you really do your homework on it, it does not mean mental assent. If someone just mentally assents to the fact that, you know, Jesus died on the cross and, and yeah, you'll ask somebody, do you believe in Jesus? And they say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, what, what do they really mean? Where, where are they believing? Uh, you know, we're going to find out this word believe is a, it's, it's a matter of the heart, not a matter of the head. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand that. And to misunderstand what this word believe means has eternal dire consequences. Uh, I'm convinced that there's a lot of people in hell right now that they, they, they thought they, that they thought they did the believe in a John 3.16 and, and they're in hell right now because you know, well, do you believe, do you believe in Jesus? Oh yeah, they'll say, oh yeah, yeah. But you see, they're believing right there. But this word believe, as we'll see, is, is a matter of the heart. I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm talking about your spirit, man. It's a matter of the heart. Okay. You have to believe with your heart. We'll see that as we go. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. The Bible says in the book of James that, um, that even the demons believe on the Lord, or in the Lord. I shouldn't say on the Lord, but in the Lord. They, what do I mean? They believe He exists. Let me just read what James 2.19 says. You believe there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. See, they, they believe that God exists. They believe that Jesus is, 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 is the, the, the Son of God. They even said it when he walked, when he walked around in Jesus, when he walked around in his earthly ministry, he'd come in where demon possessed people were and they'd cry out. And they'd say, we know who you are, the Son of God. But that doesn't mean they were saved. I mean, they, they, they believed he was, was the Son of God, all right? But, but they, they didn't have that, as we'll see, they didn't have that heart, heartfelt conviction in him that you have to have to be saved. And this is so important what I'm talking about right now because so many people, you'll ask them, again, I want to say it, say, well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But see, it, it's, it's, it's no more than what those demons that, that we just read about in James 2.19. They believe that, that, that Jesus exists. They, they believe that he's real. They believe even that he's the son of God. But, but they don't have a, a, a heartfelt belief in him. They, they just don't. And, and a lot of people that say, well, I've done John 3, 16. I, I believe in Jesus. But see, they're believing from their head, not from their heart. It makes all the difference in the world. This word believe in John 3, 16, it, it means this. Now, if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. It, it means this. And again, I want to say this. It's an, it's a, it's an issue of the heart, not an issue of the head. Okay. Um, I see a lot of people, they, they, they have Jesus in their head. All right. They believe he exists. They even believe he's the, 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 they'll even uh, acknowledge he's the son of God, but, but it, it never gets past their head and, and, and they don't get, they, they, they don't get saved. They're very sad. See, this word believe is an issue of the heart, not the head. It means this. The word believe means to have faith in. 
Okay, it means to have faith in, but still that's even a little vague to people. You know, I pastored a church uh, for, for 27 years, now I'm pastoring online, and, and, and I've learned this over the last couple of dec- few decades, three decades almost, most people still don't really understand what faith really is. After I've taught on it all these years, they really don't understand what it really is. It, it's, it, it means this, to believe from the heart. See this word faith and, the word believe and faith, it's the same word in the, in the Greek language, the language the Bible was written in, it's the same Greek word, and to believe or have faith in. You see, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but still, a lot of folks don't even know really what faith, what, what that means. So, let me put, give you some other, other terminology that might help you. This word believe, it means to trust in. Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? It means to have complete confidence in. It means to cling to. Are you clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ? It means to rely upon. It means to sell out to. See, I like that one. I mean, to, to, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ means that you've sold yourself out to him. You've given yourself to Him completely. You've given your heart to Him completely. You've sold out to Him. And then this next one, I like it too because it goes right along with that. It means to follow. To believe means to follow. When you sell out to the Lord Jesus, that means you're going to follow Him. It means to entrust yourself to and to be totally convinced of. These are just some of the things that the word believe means that I trust will help you better understand the definition. It means that you have to, when you believe, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. That means to, to trust in him, have faith in him, to have trust in him, to have complete confidence in him, to cling to him, to rely upon him, to sell yourself out to him to the point that you'll follow him the rest of your life. See, it's, it's more than just saying, yeah, yeah, I believe Jesus. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. See, that, that's just a head issue. That won't get you, that, that won't get you saved. But these other words I've just read, see, these are issues of the heart. And, um, and when you, you, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the definition of that, of that word believe, you're trusting in him. You're putting your, your, your complete confidence in him. You're clinging to him. You're relying on him. You're selling yourself out to him. You're going to follow him the rest of your life. You're entrusting yourself to him totally and completely. You see. And, and, and I guess a good way to explain this is a, an example I, I heard years ago, but it's so good. It's a man was, uh, had a wheelbarrow, you know, and there was a, a big tightrope across Niagara Falls and he was walking across and he, and there was this guy down on the bank, you know, he was watching this guy and this guy was up there on this tightrope and he walked this wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls and he did it, you know, he did it like 19 times and he walked across and he never fell off. And this guy's watching him, you know, down on the bank. He's watching him walk across Niagara Falls with, on his tightrope. And so finally, after the guy had gone across the 19th time, he takes the wheelbarrow. He comes up to the guy at the bank, you know, and he says to the guy at the bank, he says, you know, sitting on the bank, he says, do you believe I can do that again? Cross over to Falls. And the guy sitting there said, uh, well, I've seen you do it 19 times. Yeah, I believe you can do it again. And so the guy pushing the wheelbarrow says to the guy sitting there, he says, okay, well, jump in the barrel, let's go. 
Now think about that. <laughs> you know, if you really, now if you have, head, if you just have head faith, you're not going to get in that wheelbarrow. But if you've sold, I mean, if you've really got heart faith, you know what I mean? Heart belief, you're going to jump in that wheelbarrow and go. See? And, and, and I'm, I'm sad to say there's a lot of people are, are you know, they'll uh, mentally accept, mentally assent to the Lord Jesus, but they're not ready to jump in the wheelbarrow. I tell you what, I'll jump in and I have jumped in Jesus' wheelbarrow. But I'm only going to go across Niagara Falls if Jesus is pushing the wheelbarrow. I'll tell you that right now. But see, I, now notice what I just said. Only if Jesus is pushing a wheelbarrow. See, I've sold myself out completely to him. I, I'm not going to get in that wheelbarrow if Buddha's pushing it, if Confucius pushing it, if, if Harry Krishna's pushing it or anybody else is pushing it. I'm only getting in that wheelbarrow if Jesus is pushing it. See, I've sold myself completely out to him. I put all my, you know, somebody said, don't put all your marbles in one basket. Well, I tell you what, I've put all my marbles in one basket and, and, and Jesus is carrying the basket. You understand? So I'm just trying to share with you what the word believe means. It means, it means, I'll say it again, to have faith in, to trust in, to have complete confidence in, to cling to, to rely on, to sell out to, to follow, to entrust yourself completely to, I'll say it this way, to get in the wheelbarrow if Jesus is pushing it. See, that's what that word believe means. It's a matter of the heart. And if you'll do that, then you'll be saved. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. But to just flippantly say, well, I believe on Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I believe he's the son of God. Well, even the demons do that. They're not saved. See, that's a matter of the head. That won't get you saved. This, is a, this word believe or faith here, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a matter of the heart. So now when we read John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, see that word believe should now mean more to you. It should now mean more to you. Uh, after what I've just been through in the last several minutes. And whosoever believes in him will not perish, not go to hell, but have eternal life. That means make heaven. You know what? Here's another example I want to give, give to you about what this word believe means. It means this. It means to give your heart to. To give your heart to. Now think about this. To give your heart to. You know, uh, I remember my uh, wife and I, when we were when we were dating, when we were courting, uh, you know, we, we had, we went out for, uh, 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 about two years before we got married. But I remember about, I, I would say maybe about six months before we actually had the wedding ceremony in, in the church that we got married in. I remember right where I was, uh, right where her and I were. And, uh, and, and, and I remember the exact moment when she gave her heart to me. I'll never forget it. I've never experienced anything quite like that in my life with another human being. In fact, I've never experienced anything like that with anybody else ever, you know, uh, with another human being, never. I remember right where we were. I remember what we were doing. And, 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 and I, I just remember she turned to me and I looked at her and she looked at me and we embraced in a hug. And I tell you what, she gave her heart to me. It wasn't a physical thing. It was a spiritual thing. And I'll never forget that. She gave her heart to me. And then about six months later, we went, we, you know, we got married. We needed to do that. But I mean, when she gave her heart to me, it was, it was, it was a done deal right there. And you know what? We, we, we were, we were close before that. Obviously, we were heading to get married. 
But I remember the moment when she gave her heart to me. Never forget it. And her and I, we've, we've just been like that ever since. And, and I, it was, I, I could, I, I can't explain it, but she gave her heart to me. And, uh, and that's what happens when we, when we get saved, when we, we give our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm talking about your, your spirit man, the real you. You give yourself to Him. You receive Him into your heart. And something happens in the spirit realm and you get what Jesus said, born again. And you become a new creation in Christ. I think that's a good, good example, don't you? How, how, how Diane gave me her heart. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this, this Bible verse means, John 3, 16. When you believe on Him, you give your heart to Him. You sell out to Him. You receive Him into your heart. And, 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 and He comes in there. And He takes up residency in your heart. The Lord Jesus does. And, and you get saved. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. You know, let me read from my notes here. Listen to this. If someone has believed with their heart, they will have mental assent. But one can have mental assent and not have believed with their heart. Now that's an important verse. It just reiterates what I've already said. If someone has believed with their heart, obviously they will also have mental assent. But one can have mental assent and not believe with their heart. And, and, and I'm concerned that there's many people that, that have done that right there. They, they've heard John 3.16. They don't really understand what the word believe means. They just think it means to just mentally accept, uh, accept something is true. See, you can believe that God exists and that won't save you. You can believe that Jesus exists and that won't save you. You can believe that, 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 that He died on the cross and, 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 and mentally accept that. And that He was raised from the dead. Mentally accept that. And, but it, but it won't save you. That meant you can't get saved in your head. That's not where salvation takes place. It's you, down here. Gets down in your heart. And you sell yourself out to that. See, like I said, there's a lot of people. See, if you've got Jesus in your heart, you're going to also have him in your head. But there's a lot of people have, have Jesus in their head, but they never got him in their heart. That's what I'm trying to say. You can see now how this is, you know, this verse of scripture can carry dire consequences. And it also shows you that, you know, uh, when something's written in the Greek text, the original text, and it comes over into the English, a lot of times we don't get the full meaning of what a word really, really means in the original. That's why you gotta study and, 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 and find out what these words really mean, particularly on these heaven hell issues. See, that word believe does not just mean a mental ascent. It means a heart sellout, you see. Now, let me go on here for a little bit. How do you know? Because the Bible says that uh, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How do you know that you have everlasting life? Let's, let's think about that for a minute. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that you have eternal life? Okay. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Has the weight been removed? And you might say, what? What you talking about, Pastor Terry? Has the weight, I, you heard what I said, has the weight been removed? I've talked to, 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 to multitudes of people over the years that have told me about when they got saved, you know, when they, when they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I've had multitudes of people tell me that, you know, they say, when I received Jesus and I got saved, it was like a 10-ton weight came off my chest. Weight got removed. You know, I thought about that for years, what that weight was, because when I got saved, I felt that weight come off me too. And you know, I finally found a verse that explains it, John 3, 36. If you read on there in John, the third chapter, go down to verse 36. Uh, John the Baptist is talking and he says this, he who believes, now you should better understand now what that word believe means. He who believes in the Son, he who believes in Jesus has everlasting life. But he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. See, that's that weight, that wrath of God. See, before you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the wrath of God's abiding on you. And you're headed towards the devil's hell. But when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then then that wrath of God is removed from you. And the moment you believe on Him, the moment you 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 re- receive Him into your heart, I tell you what, that 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 weight of God's wrath comes off of you. You're going to miss hell, make heaven. And that's what that weight is that you felt leave you when you got saved. And here's another way that you can know that you have eternal life is, is do you have the witness? Now, here, look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. Notice what the Bible says. He that believeth on the Son... See, there's that word believe again. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. Oh, you know, witness, what does that mean? Do you know, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved? Uh, that you have eternal life? He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself, that inner knowing that you're saved. He that believes not God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. See, you see that word believe again and again and again in here. But the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. How can you know? Well, as I already said, has that weight been removed? And do you have that inner witness? Do you know that you know that you know that you've been saved? And then here's another way that you can know that you have eternal life. Has there been a change in your life since you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? See, see, people that have just had a mental experience with Jesus, that, that you never see a change in their life. But people who have had a hard experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, you see a change. Uh, oh, I said a mouthful right there. See, if, if you've just had a mental experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, there won't be a change in your life. But if you have a heart experience, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not mentally assent to Him from your head, but believe on Him with your heart, there will be a change. If there hasn't been a change in your life, you better check up. See, if, if, you, if there hasn't been a change, you haven't got saved. And, and let me give you some, some, some uh, scripture on this. Because you see, when you, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, when you believe on Him, you get born again, as we've already said. And you become a new creation in Christ. And the Bible says old things pass away and all things become new. And you're translated out of that kingdom of darkness you were living in over into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And, and see, when that happens, it causes your life to change. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, uh, in the Amplified Classic Bible version of the Bible, says, No one uh, born of God 
deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. For God's nature abides in him, and he cannot practice sinning because he's born of God. See, how can you know that you've had a a heart experience with Jesus and not just a head experience with him? Has there been a change? Have you stopped practicing sin? Again, pastoring three decades, I've seen a lot of people, they say, yeah, I believe on Jesus. Yeah, I do. But their life never changes. And they're, and, 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 and they keep living the way they used to live, that sinful life. See, uh, and that lifestyle. And, and, and there's never a change. See, you can know that you have eternal life if there's been a change and you're not practicing sin anymore. Now, let me just say this. Once you get saved, you know, you, we all still miss it. We all still sin and miss it. We, we don't have to, but, but, but unfortunately we, we do. And, and if, you know, we can repent of that and ask the Lord to forgive us and He will. But see, there's a difference between that and continual, continually habitually practicing sin. And see, someone that's truly had a hard experience and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, there'll be a change. And, uh, and, and there won't be that lifestyle of practicing sin anymore. So, how can you know that you have eternal life? Well, has that weight been removed? Do you have that inner knowing that you're saved? Has there been a change in your life? Uh, you know, have, have, are you continuing to practice sin? Uh, are, are you, are, has there, you get that change in your life. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, you become a new creation in Christ. You won't habitually practice sin. You just won't. Now, uh, as I go on just a few more minutes, uh, I just have here in my notes some other, uh, some other believe verses. And, um, and, and I, and I want to go over these with you. Some other believe verses. Uh, with the word believe in it. So let's, uh, let, let, very quickly, let, go to Acts 16, verse 30. Remember that Philippian jailer, and I won't go through the whole story, but there was a Philippian jailer there in Acts 16, and he asked the most important question that could ever be asked. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, he said, what must I do to be saved? And, uh, and, and in verse, well, let's just look at verse, well, verse 30, he, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The question of the ages, right there. And, and, and they answer him, Paul and Silas, they answer him back and they say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See, now you better understand what that word believe means. You see, sell out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Place your whole confidence in him. Trust in him with all of your heart and you'll be saved. Much more than just a mental ascent. And then look at John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received Jesus. See, and that word received, it means to accept, to take hold of, uh, to enter into a close relationship with. See, that's what happens when you get saved. You enter into a close relationship with the Lord. You know, it, you, you see, there's a lot of people know about Jesus, but to get saved, you have to know him. Now, let me give you an example. Uh, let's use somebody we all probably have heard of. Let, let's use Tiger Woods, the golfer. See, I know about Tiger Woods, but I don't know Tiger Woods. Okay, but now Jesus, on the other hand, see, I know I know about Jesus, but I also know him. 
See, and uh, you know something I've learned over the years. You you can uh, you can pretty well tell when somebody knows Jesus when they've had that hard experience and when they haven't. I mean, just being around people that are truly truly Christians, truly Christians. I tell you what, there's just a glow about them. There's just something about them, you know. And it's because Jesus is is on the inside of them, you know, because the Holy Spirit's with them. You see, and in them. And uh, but it, but anyway, as many as so see a lot of people know about Jesus. They've had that mental experience. But they don't know him. And how do you know him? From your heart. You know him. And, but as many as received him, to them gave he power or the right to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, there it is again. Which were born. That's how you get born again by believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. See, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you get born of God. Just some believe verses here. First John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Boy, I like that. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the one sent from God. For God so loved the world that he sent, he gave his only begotten son. And, and I tell you what, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. So I, I'm born of God. And... uh uh and then Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. See that by faith it's the same word believe. See a lot of people think that everybody's a child of God. But that's not true. You're, uh, you can only become a child of God when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you believe on Him. You believe in Him with your heart. That's when you become a child of God. There's only two kinds of people in the world, really spiritually speaking, children of God and children of the devil. And the only way to become a child of God is you have to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ or believe in him, you see, as we've been talking about. And then here's another one, Romans the, the 10th chapter and, and the ninth verse says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, now, Actually, this verse, I want to hold up here and I want to say this. We read this verse here. Let, let me read it. That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, we read this verse 2,000 years separated from when this verse was written. And it was written to the Romans. And this really, this this verse here... See, we read it here in the United States and, well, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And, and it's all true. But in the light of the Romans, uh, to, to, to confess, see, the Romans had to confess Caesar as Lord. And if they wouldn't confess Caesar as Lord, it would cost them or could cost them their Roman citizenship and their rights and privileges as a Roman. And if they confessed somebody else as Lord, it would cost them their life. And they'd get fed to the lions, so to speak, and they're put to death. Now, see, that sheds a whole different light on 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 this verse right here. See, here in the United States, it doesn't cost anybody really anything just to confess Jesus as Lord. I mean, you're not going to get you know thrown to the lions or anything. But I tell you what, two thousand years ago, if you confessed, if you wouldn't confess Caesar as Lord, you'd lose your rights and privileges as a Roman. And if you confess somebody else as Lord, it'd cost you your life. Now think about that. And so 2,000 years ago, uh, I tell you what, a person wouldn't confess Jesus as Lord unless they had actually sold their self out to, to him because they knew it was going to 
more than likely cost them their life. Or, or, or vast persecution was going to come upon them. It was, it was not an easy thing to do to confess Jesus as Lord 2,000 years ago in Rome as it is here in the United States. Because they realized it would cost them, could cost them their, their very life. Now, now that, I think that's important to say because you see, the people that confessed Jesus as Lord in Rome 2,000 years ago, they had sold their heart out to Him. They had given themselves to Him. They were confident that He, that He was the Lord God Almighty and that He was the Christ. And they'd sold themselves out to Him. They'd given Him their heart, the Lord Jesus. They'd received Him and, and they'd put all their marbles in His basket, so to speak, you know. And when they made that statement, they were full ready to, 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 to give their lives. Because see, they had already given their lives to Him, their, their hearts to Him. What I'm trying to say, it was, it, this is, a, this was a serious thing some 2,000 years ago. It could cost somebody their life. But you know, actually, this verse really, if you think about it the right way, it costs, it, it, it does cost us our life to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, see, we're no longer our own. The Bible is clear on that. We are no, we no longer belong to ourselves when we uh, receive Jesus as our Savior. We give our lives to Him. And we're no longer our own. We now belong to Him and we're, we're now, uh, uh, He's our Lord. He's now our Lord. And we serve Him. So it really does cost us our life when we receive Jesus. It really does. It, it, it really, really, really does. And actually, just like they could lose their Roman citizenship, well, when we receive Jesus, we lose our earthly citizenship, so to speak, and we become citizens of heaven. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? But I, I just wanted to share that with you, to try to get across to you that, that believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's, 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 it's a vast, deep, serious matter, you see. And, uh, and, 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 uh, I tell you what, uh, it's, it's worth doing. It's worth doing. It's worth doing. Now with that in mind, let's read Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and see here it is, believe in thine heart. See, not in your head, but in your heart, that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That means you'll miss hell and make heaven. For with the heart, see, not with the head, but with the heart, man believes under righteousness, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you become the righteousness of God in Him. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You know, here's another way that, that you can know that you have eternal life. is Are you able to confess Jesus as your Lord? Think about that. You know, First First uh, Corinthians 12.3 says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord uh, uh with heartfelt conviction, if you study into the verse, except uh, except uh, 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 by the Holy Spirit and getting into all that, I won't take the time. But, but let me just ask you this. Can you say Jesus is Lord with heartfelt conviction? You know, I, 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 if you read Peter, remember Peter? Uh, Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Martha actually uh uh, at, at, at another time, she, she said it to the Lord Jesus. She said, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And I can stand here and say, Jesus is, He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, I'm, I'm sold out to that. I really am. But I tell you what, uh, if, if, if you're really, if you're not saved, you can't say that like I just did. Lost people can't say that. People that, with heartfelt conviction. Uh, people that have just had a mental experience with Jesus and not a heart experience, they can't say Jesus is Lord 
They can't say that with heartfelt conviction. I had a, a sinner friend of mine one time when I was a kid. He said, he said, well, I can, I can say Jesus is Lord. I said, say it with heartfelt conviction. And you know, he couldn't do it. He could just say it out of his head, but he couldn't say it out of his heart. Can you say Jesus is Lord? Can you say that with that kind of heartfelt conviction? I, I tell you what, you, you can't do it. You cannot do that if you're not really truly born again. You can't do it. You can just say it out of your head, but you can't say that out of your heart if you're not truly born again. Uh, you know, uh, I, I want to begin to close this now, but uh, uh, I also want to say this. I think it's important. Did you know that Jesus never called anybody to just say a sinner's prayer to get saved? Did you know that? We have to be cautious with the sinner's prayer. Now, now, I have no problem with people saying what's known as the sinner's prayer, but I'm convinced that there's there's multitudes of people that have said those words of what's known as the sinner's prayer and died and went to hell. You'll see it a lot of times with some mega ministries. They'll come on the air and at the end of their program, they'll say, they'll say now just say this prayer after me. And uh, if, if you said that prayer, then we believe that, that you got born again. Well, you know, <laughs> I tell you what, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Because people need to understand, I tell you what, what, what they're doing when they say that prayer. Just saying those words of what's known as the sinner's prayer won't save anybody. You have to realize, have some cognizance of what it is you're doing. I mean, you're not just, you're not just saying words. I mean, you're selling your, you're selling yourself out to the Lord Jesus and you're going to follow him the rest of your life. That's what it means to get saved. And, and, and so Jesus didn't call people just to say a sinner's prayer. Study your Bible. Go into the New Testament and look through it and see if you can find anywhere where anyone really said a, 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 what's known as the sinner's prayer to get saved. See, Jesus didn't call people, and I'm not against saying the sinner's prayer if, if, it's, if, if, if it's being done right. You know, people really understand what they're doing when they say that prayer. But Jesus, he didn't call people to just say a prayer, but he called sinners to repent of their sins and to believe on him with all of their heart and then take up the cross. What does that mean? Put their flesh under and follow him for the rest of their lives. That's what, that's how you get saved. That's how you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you miss hell and that's how you make heaven. Glory to God. It's much more than just saying a little rote prayer. You know? All right, let me, uh, let me go ahead and close the message now. And, and I usually close in Romans, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. And I, I, I tell folk, read and write from the Bible, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But actually, uh, in light of this message, let's, let's look at these other verses. Is verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You see that word believed in there quite a bit. But see, if you read verses 14 and verse 13 in reverse, here's what you get. You have to have a preacher. Well, <laughs> I'm a preacher. I've preached to you today and you've heard, uh, the message of Jesus. You've heard what it means to really Believe from your heart. We, so we preach the gospel to you today. So, so now it's up to you to believe. Okay. And, and I've taught you today what that means. It that doesn't mean to just mentally accept, but it means to have, to believe from your heart and sell yourself out to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so I'm the preacher. I've preached to you. You've heard. Now you got to make a decision where you, where you want to spend eternity. You want to spend it with God or do you want to spend it in hell? It's that simple. And in order to, to spend it with God, you're going to have to believe 
on the Lord Jesus Christ from your heart. We've taught you about that today. And then once you've done that, then you call on Him. And when you call on Him, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you've heard the word. Now it's up to you to believe it from your heart. And then when you do, you call on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, He'll come into your heart and you'll get saved. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And it's so easy to do. I think of that thief on the cross. I mean, he went on the cross. Uh, you know, Jesus was crucified in the middle, thief on either side. And you read the Bible, you'll see both of them were, were, were coming against Jesus at first. But in three hours time, something happened to that one thief. And he repented. Uh, I mean, right there, right on the deathbed, if you will, right on the cross. He just had hours to live. But you study the Bible. In three hours time, something happened to him. And, 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 and he repented. And he said to the Lord, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And just that fast, he, he called Jesus Lord with a believing heart. And just that quick, Jesus said, hey, you're going to be with me in paradise. Hey, getting saved is not hard. It's very simple to do, but you just need to be sure you're doing the right thing. And you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So call on the name of the Lord right now with that repentant, believing heart and you'll miss hell and you'll make heaven. Now listen, right before we leave here today, I want to, I want to give a, 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 I mean, I feel impressed of the Holy Ghost to say this. You need to listen to this. Everybody out there listening to me, I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, you share this, you share this message on your, on your social media, you share it with somebody. And somebody said to me one time, well, all my friends, they're already saved. But you're missing the point. See, you share it, and then they share it, and then the person they share it with shares it, and then the person they share it with shares it. And this message right here can get to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all around the world just by you clicking that one share button or clicking it or pushing it with your finger. So be a soul winner. Be wise. Share this message and believe with me that it'll get to people that need to hear it, okay? So that's your part. You do it in Jesus' name. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.